What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. Uh, we are going to record a podcast about Drew Brees here with the NFL Super Friends. Um, it's going to talk about what Drew Brees said, what's going on in the country, and um, you know what? We felt strongly enough about these topics that in the situation that we felt like we needed to have a separate podcast for it. Uh, Ryan Wilson. Sean Wagner McGough, John Breach. Uh, we are a little more harmonious at the moment than the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees came out in the middle of, I don't even know what we call the situation with the country because we were in a pandemic and then in the middle of a pandemic, uh, a bunch of protests broke out because a police officer uh, killed a man by kneeling on his throat for eight and a half minutes. It was horrible. It was awful. And uh, the country is in a bit of turmoil right now as people try to come to grasp with the idea that, you know, maybe things aren't equal, which they are not. Drew Brees did an interview with Yahoo Finance uh, and said, I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one of the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country in this world a better place. Drew Brees, uh, when he said that, and then he went on to ex- describe his experience during the national anthem, and he's very passionate about the anthem, and that's uh, fantastic. He then, um, there was, to say that there was backlash to this uh, would be a, a a massive understatement. Michael Thomas, the star receiver for the Saints uh, and Drew Brees' top target, said, we don't care if you don't agree and whoever else, how about that? He's just, he just subtweeted the living crap out of Drew Brees multiple times. He also said he don't know no better. And Emmanuel Sanders, who, uh, recently signed with the, uh, Saints after, after being with the 49ers, SMH, it's shaking my head, dot, 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 ignorant. Uh, these are, are very clear statements, uh, from those guys and Malcolm Jenkins, a, uh, an outspoken, uh, critic of the league and a proponent, a strong proponent for, uh, for uh, fighting against racial inequality in the NFL, uh, who, who is one of the protesters along with Colin Kaepernick, Eric Reed, et cetera, um, said, and it's unfortunate because I considered you a friend. I looked up to you. You're somebody who I had a great deal of respect for, but sometimes you should shut the bleep up. And he said that on a video to Drew Brees. Also worth noting that all of these guys, Ryan, uh, had spoken appeared to have spoken with Breeze, and there's been a team meeting. It does seem like things are a little bit clearer, but, I mean, suffice to say what Drew Brees said ain't going to – like, you, nah, you can't say it. I mean, it's, it's – it's, 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 you can't say it right now. Yeah, so after Breeze's comments, you mentioned some people that tweeted at him, and Richard Sherman, who's also been very outspoken about injustices in general, and, you know, him being accused of being a thug by the way he plays, and we all know that he's incredibly smart and very well-spoken. He he tweeted that uh, Breeze is beyond loss. Guarantee there are black men fighting alongside your grandfather, but this doesn't seem to be about that. That uncomfortable conversation you were trying to avoid by injecting military into a conversation about brutality and equality is part of the problem. And Malcolm Jenkins said exactly the same thing. Malcolm Jenkins said, my grandparents fought in the war, and when they came back, they weren't 
given those same rights that, that people that fought in the world who weren't black uh, were able to get. And, and here's, I mean, I saw the comments and I'll be honest, like I wasn't shocked because at this point, I don't know if there's much that can shock us, but I do know this. I know Drew Brees is an incredibly smart person and he is not so obtuse as to, to make a comment four years after, you know, Kaepernick started kneeling and getting some people very angry that he did not understand what Colin Kaepernick was doing. So for me, that is the, the thing that's most hurtful about his comments. I know he's donated tons of money for the, for the community. Uh, I know he's given his time and I understand all that, but this is an example of, of your words matter. People pay attention to what you say. And when you say things like it's disrespectful, I will never respect anyone who kneels for the flag because it's disrespectful to the military. And all I think about are my grandparents when I, when I stand for the flag and it's all about unity. It's hard to say that on one hand. When it's clear that things aren't unified for everyone, things aren't equal for everyone. And that's the entire point that I think Colin Kaepernick was trying to make. And oh, by the way, Nate Boyer, someone who was in the military, who suggested to Kaepernick, hey, man, don't sit. That is disrespectful. Take a knee. That was Nate Boyer's idea, who was in the military. And you guys are – everyone is smart enough to understand the difference if you're willing to, to, to listen. And I think that's actually been one of the takeaways from this whole situation, the most recent situation, the George Floyd situation, that people are now seem more inclined to listen. And I think that's great. And I think it is important to listen. But Drew Brees, in my mind, knew what he was saying. Do I hate Drew Brees? No. Do I think Drew Brees should be cancel cultured? No, absolutely not. People make mistakes all the time. We make mistakes all the time on this podcast. It's not, I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to exist living. And I, I think it says a lot. And I think this is incredibly important. Mario Davis came out on, on Friday or Thursday, excuse me. Said I talked to Drew Brees, he's a linebacker for the New Orleans Saints, and I believe what he said. I appreciate his his comments, and I, I think he's willing to do the right thing. And he seems I so listen. If his black teammates can come to his defense after he made a mistake, it is not our job to to continue to to sort of uh, berate Drew Brees about making what was frankly a, an idiotic comment. Is Drew Brees changed? I have no idea. Hopefully he will change. He said no at no point in his comments and his remarks did he say, I now understand why Colin Kaepernick kneeled. I don't think that's disrespectful. I don't know how he feels on that. But all he can do now is listen, which is say which is what he said in his apology that he wants to do. And hopefully he learns from this because this is a learning experience. Um I I'm black. Breach is Mexican. Sean is Korean. Brinson, you're white. So we all come at this from different perspectives and we've all experienced things. We've all had crappy things happen to us. And it's not necessarily because of my color or, or you you being white, Brinson. It's just people. crappy things happen to people. That's part of life. But it's also about sort of understanding other people's uh, situation and, and trying to make an effort to learn from it. And I think, if anything, it seems like we're doing more of that now than we have before. Hopefully, you know, things – we can make some progress. Are things going to be fixed? No, of course not. But I feel like Drew Brees has probably learned a very valuable lesson. We'll see what that lesson turns out through his actions. But I'm not going to say that the dude – should be benched, much less benched for Jameis Winston, let's be honest. But but I think hopefully, <laughs> you know, hopefully some good comes of this. And if his teammates are supporting him, then I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, he screwed up. But he if he learns from it, then okay, we're we're, we're making a step in the right direction. I think the uh the thing about Breeze's statement that was like as and right, you definitely just alluded to this, that was offensive, is that we had this exact same argument in this debate four years ago during the Colin Kaepernick protests, where there were people echoing what Breeze just said the other day about how you can't disrespect the flag. And it, a lot of it was in the framing. A lot of people were writing stuff like national anthem protests. Like they were never protesting the American flag. They were never protesting 
um, the national anthem. And that's the way so many people have framed it. And I think that's what's so frustrating is that I felt like we did this argument already. And I felt like for the most part, we were able to recognize why Kaepernick was, is not in the NFL and what he was kneeling for, what he was trying to raise. And it seems like in those four years, there's still this confusion and the seat drew Brees of all people who was in the NFL during while this happened has black teammates. And you would have thought that this would have at least among NFL players not have still been a point of confusion or to so wildly mischaracterize why Colin Kaepernick risks his NFL career and ultimately cost him his career to, to raise issues that affect so much of this league. And to hear someone four years later, completely go back to, you know, the completely wrong line of argument that was used against him. I think that's what's so frustrating. And then if you look at his apology, it's, it's a good apology, but as Ryan's saying, this isn't something where you can say he apologized. It's over. I'm not saying he should be canceled, but this is something that he has to prove now with actions um, and with his words moving forward. It can't just be an apology and then done. Like, I think you have to prove that you actually are sincere in what you're saying. I think for me, the biggest thing, uh, the biggest surprise is how out of touch he appears to be with guys in his locker room, even though he's lived through this for the past four years. Uh, you know, like you guys mentioned, the Kaepernick thing started, the protest started in 2016. And let's not forget, in 2017, after uh, Trump referred to the NFL players who are protesting as sons of bitches, Drew Brees took a knee in the following week's game. He, he like, so he understood something at that point, whether it was camaraderie with his teammates, whether it was protesting what they were protesting, we don't know that, but he did take a knee. They played the Dolphins that week in London. Uh, I think this was either week four or five in, in 2017. So he's done this before. But then, so to come out and kind of say the same talking points a few years later when it's pretty clear that, you know, I think he, if you want to be not even politically correct, I think he could have just said, look, I'm not going to kneel during the national anthem, but I respect my teammates' right to do that. Here's what I'm going to do to help the cause anyway. I'm going to donate, you know, a million dollars to uh, this charity, this an African American charity that needs it, or something to fight uh, racial injustice or police brutality. You know, there are, Dak Prescott did that, donating a million dollars to help train police and help uh, fight systemic racism. So there are things you can do. You don't have to kneel, but to say. Uh, you know, you shouldn't kneel because it, it's offensive. Seems like he is just out of touch with the people in his locker room, which is just shocking because you had so many of his teammates just come out and, and kind of say, Hey man, what the hell is going on here? You know, it's Malcolm Jenkins, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. These guys were just totally shocked to hear Bree say that because they thought, Hey, we're past this. And now we're reacting, you know, you're not reading the room, man. Just look at what's going on around the country and how are these words still coming out of your mouth? So I think it was just surprised by everyone. And like you guys said, you know, there's apology here. We don't need to cancel culture. The guy, uh, you do learn your lesson. The important thing here is that he does learn something that he, he talks to his teammates and he figures out what their issue was and why the, they feel the way they do. And, and if he truly does listen, then, you know, you move on. Uh, but you know, only his teammates will be able to decide if he is listening or if he's just saying this and apologizing to save face. Yeah. I mean, so the other thing too, for Brees is that he lives in New Orleans and he has lived there for a long time. And I mean, New Orleans is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I tend to think of the culture around New Orleans as a very 
African American centric type of culture in, in terms of how that how that city I lives. And, I think it's sixty percent. Yeah, I mean, like it, it is. That's why it's a little surprising, I guess. That you know, Drew Brees, and and, and the thing that, uh, and again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the frustrating thing for people who are making a statement against racial inequality and who are, you know, trying to, um, trying to, trying to, you know, enact change is that when you mention the flag and when you mention the national anthem, you're essentially creating a smoke screen for this discussion. You're shifting what, what is important to talk about into something else. And then it becomes a, a screaming match about what the flag means and what the, you know, what the anthem means and all that. And never mind that the whole bleep and point of the country is freedom. You know, I mean, and like, like that. So never mind that, but like, I, I think that's part of the problem too, is that Breeze distracts from it. And, you know, he said in his, in his statement, um, you know, this is where I stand. I mean, he, I, he said, I would like to, I would read his apology. I would like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the city of New Orleans, the black community, NFL community, anyone I hurt with my comments yesterday. In speaking with some of you, it breaks my heart to know the pain I have caused. In an attempt to talk about respect, unity, and solidarity centered around the American flag and the national anthem, I made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark on the issues we are facing right now as a country. They lacked awareness and any type of compassion or empathy. Instead, these words have become divisive and hurtful and misled people into believing that somehow I am an enemy. This could not be further from the truth and is not an accurate reflection of my heart or my character. This is where I stand. I stand with the black community in the fight against systematic, systematic racial injustice and police brutality and support the creation of real policy change that will make a difference. Uh, he condemns oppression. Uh, he acknowledges that Americans need to do more than they've done um, in, in recent years, himself included. And he goes on to say, uh, I have always been an ally, never an enemy. I will never know what it's like to be a black man or raise black children in America, but I will work every day to put myself in those shoes and fight for what is right. Uh, and I am sick about the way my comments were perceived yesterday, but I take full responsibility and accountability. I recognize that I should do less talking and be and more listening. And when the black community is talking about their pain, we all need to listen. Um, Ryan, do you think that his message, like, the, I mean, I, I, I'll just say, as, as like as a white male, it is it is, and I mean this is not like a tough thing to deal with, but it's it's like difficult to know how to frame what you're trying to say. Like I've I've got a couple of drafts of stuff that I've been like trying to put down, and I can't like I can't get it where it's right. And then I and then I read what Drew Brees writes, and it does feel like it was like a churned out. Of, I mean, it's a I guess it's a good statement, but it does feel like a bit like a. Like if you were if you were trying to predict exactly what a middle aged white guy would write in an apology, a public apology, it felt like that's what you would write. And and so I I don't know. I mean, like I think Breeze's apology, like he came out and owned up to it, and that's good. But I I don't know. There's there's for me there was just maybe a little something missing, but it does it does seem like they've sort of bridged the gap there. I think it's a step in the right direction. We'll see. I mean, I talked, he didn't say anything about how he felt about players kneeling. I don't know. I mean, clearly he understands why folks were kneeling. I don't think that's, he's, he's a, like I say, he's an incredibly smart guy. And, and I would just say, and I don't want to spend my time shouting to Drew Brees because I'm not doing that. I appreciate the apology. Um, and like I said, I wasn't necessarily shocked by his original comments. Um, Brinson, I would imagine you have no idea what my life is like in much the same way. I don't know what your life is like day to day in terms of, where you go, how you feel, but I mean, it's different. 
Like I said, look, I'm I'm a light skinned black guy. I have it much easier than than folks who are dark skinned. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, if someone hates you for reasons other than your personality, they don't root around and ask for your for your uh your history, your DNA history to make sure they're they're gonna you know do things to you for for the right reasons. But here's the thing that I, that I sort of thought about while Breach was talking. Imagine the math that Drew Brees had to do when he told Yahoo Finance what he told them, knowing that he had all those black teammates who look up to him, who consider him a leader. And in the face of that, he still said what he said, presumably because he was afraid of some pushback from other people mm. on his teammates. And and that's just something. And again, Drew Brees, by all indications, is not a bad person. In fact, he's he's supposed to be a really good person. And I, I would imagine he is. But this is the math that people have had to do for years when it comes down to it, when the rubber meets the road. And, you know, Drew Brees went one way. We've seen Chris Long go another way. We, we've seen other athletes stand up for things that it isn't necessarily in their best interest to stand up for. And I'm sure Drew Brees has any number of reasons for saying the things he said. He, I am not convinced that he believes that it's un, that that you're disrespecting the flag if you're Colin Kaepernick and you're kneeling because you are against police brutality. And once again, Drew Brees made these comments well after a week, a week after into this to, to George Floyd being killed. So. He knew what he was doing, but it, had some, it sounds like he's learned a lesson. And at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want to learn a lesson. And it's not, like I said, it's not a cancel culture lesson. It's a lesson where you become a better person. And I would encourage everyone, and I retweeted this. I don't tweet a lot. Now I'm tweeting about things that, I, you know, they're mostly political. But I tweeted something um, from, from, let me find this guy's name. He is a comedian who, frankly, I'd never heard of, and that's okay. Kenny DeForest, he tweeted something, and I, I don't tweet a lot, so go to my Twitter feed. Kenny DeForest, he talked about a situation where he was at a comedy club in 2015, and Dave Chappelle was there. And it's an amazing story. Like, it's 10 or 15 tweets. I beg you to go read it. The idea isn't to make people pay for everything they've done. The idea is to educate people, and hopefully we all come out better on the end of this thing. And the Dave Chappelle story is a, per- a perfect encapsulation of that, of how someone in the crowd, a young white woman – said something that was pretty offensive. And instead of trying to crush her, Dave Chappelle told her a story and changed her perspective. And the whole point is if you can change people's minds, that's the point. And I think Drew Brees is exactly right. It's important to listen and not just white folks. Everyone needs to listen and sort of understand each other because that's part of the issue. And and I think it's important that we talk about it, a a podcast that's, you know, made up of everybody. So I, I think that's, that's, I'm happy we're doing this, and I think people don't want to listen to it. I'm sure they'd have turned it off by now. People do want to listen to it. I would imagine that they're appreciating us doing it as well. They may not agree with everything we say, but that's sort of the point. If you want everyone to agree with everything you say, I mean, what kind of life is that where you just sit there and nod your head every single That's You're not growing as a person. And I think Drew Brees, more than anyone, heard that loud and clear on Wednesday. And we'll see. Like, we'll see what happens. But, I, I mean, I think we're moving in the right direction. So, that's where we're at. Um, yeah, I mean, look, one of the things uh, that struck me the most, like Troy Vincent, who's a senior VP of football operations at the NFL and obviously a former player, he he has a couple of kids. And one of them used to go to NC State, actually, and then transferred. Um, one of them is going to Ohio State now. And he, he tweeted out that he has to have the talk before his son goes to Ohio State. and 
like, you know, he's basically, he cleaned out his car. He didn't want a bunch of trash in the back of the car in case the kid got, in case his son got pulled over and a cop decided, you know, to try, like, all right, like, what, what are those rappers? Let's look at that. I, I mean, that to me, like, my, my parents never had to tell me to be scared of cops and the police. And I'm not saying you're worried about all cops, but like, that to me is the striking difference in what, what goes into growing up as, uh, whether, you know, it's a black, uh, some uh, black parents with a black kid, whatever, whatever it is, whatever ethnicity it is. I mean, my parents, because I'm white, were just like, just listen to the cops. You know, like there was never a concern about being scared of cops. I'd never even heard that in my entire life or never even thought about that. And when you really start to, to go through and, and think through that process, it's terrifying. Like I can't imagine sitting my son down and being like, you need to be, you know, you need to be scared of, being pulled over or being fearful about him getting pulled over. Like my parents would be worried about me getting in a wreck, not, you know, not getting pulled over and being in harm's way because, you know, I'm white. And that, that is really struck a chord with me thinking about it with my own son, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's like Ryan said a lot earlier, you know, like we all grew up differently. We all have different life experiences and, this is one of those events where no matter what your life experiences, if, if you know what empathy is, then you should be able to empathize with what's happening and, and basically just believe in what's right. You know, it's not a political side. It's just you want to see the right thing happen. And so, you know, that's where we are right now. And I will say this as an old person, I'm clearly the oldest person here, 46. Our, our birthdays are coming up, Brent, so we've got that going for us. Mm. Um, it is very uh, heartening to see all the people that, that are protesting. And Brenton, you mentioned this, all 50 states. You can find threads on Twitter where it is the smallest, whitest towns and people are peacefully protesting. And I think that's different than what we've seen in the past. And I, I do take um, – I makes you feel good. So I, I think there are things to take away from this. There are learning experiences. And hopefully, as we're talking about Drew Brees, you know, hopefully he's learned something. I think he has. We'll see. But at the end of the day – it's okay to to be wrong and to admit you're wrong and try to grow from that. So, all right, uh, it's very. Uh, I I hope this is an enlightening podcast. It was an excellent discussion, and uh, love you guys. We'll uh, we'll have a mailbag coming up soon, and uh, plenty of all thirty two teams will be discussing throughout the coming weeks. Talk to you guys later.